Now all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis. Well, hello again, and welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Mike Causey, our Commissioner of Insurance, is with us today. He is, uh, uh, I guess you're about uh, halfway through your first term. A little over halfway, yeah. Don. Thank you. Well, uh, you know, this is a good time to... Uh, Meet with you, and we've already had one program before, and and I'm sure even since that time, you've probably uncovered new things about your job that may have may not been a surprise. So I'm gonna start off by just saying, when you when you took office and you came into the office uh, a month later after that, what would you have said was your biggest surprise about your new position and your new responsibilities? Well, the the amount of things that are that are under the Department of Insurance, as well as the the depth of those things, and particular when it comes to areas like insurance fraud, and then what we do with fire department inspections and certifications and and that type thing. Because you know, I'm going to interrupt you before you go on because you're also the fire commissioner for the state of North Carolina. Right. When you're yep. elected insurance commissioner, you're elected state fire marshal. Yep. So that. That puts a whole nother perspective on it. Well, getting back to the original question, so so let's uh, uh, let's follow up on that while we're in that point. What are some of the many other things that you do that perhaps the public doesn't understand about your office, and, and more importantly, what don't you do? We we do a little of everything. No. We're the chief building inspector for the state, so all state building inspections engineering codes, the State Building Code Council, that comes under us at the Department of Insurance. And you know, most people don't have any idea that we have 220 different building inspection jurisdictions across North Carolina. We also have law enforcement. We do criminal investigations. It's primarily to fight insurance fraud and arson investigations. But these are fully sworn law enforcement officers that have the same arrest powers as somebody with the SBI or any other police department. Well, you know, that's a, that's an awful lot to be under one department, uh, but it all makes sense to put it together. It does. And we, we also oversee collection agencies, loan companies like the household goods, loan companies, premium finance companies, Things of that nature. Payday loan lending, yes. and that, that sort of thing. Well, you've got an awful lot under your hat. Uh, uh, how many people are in the uh, employment of the Department of Insurance? Well, the legislature put the Industrial Commission under the Department of Insurance back in 2017, and the Industrial Commission brought us 140 new employees. So all total, uh, there's uh, about 620 total employees. You know, this is an interesting state because it's long and narrow, so it's a long way from Manio to Murphy. That's for sure. Yeah. And I will say this, uh, since, I've took off, since I took office in January of 2017, I have made official visits to all 100 counties in this state, uh, visiting fire departments, emergency management managers, uh, insurance agencies, building inspectors, and and all of those other things that, that we regulate. Now, we were talking about things that you don't do. One of the things that is sometimes misunderstood is the matter of health insurance. And what is your role in health insurance? Well, it's not as large as it once was because the federal government sort of took over health insurance back uh, when they, they call it Obamacare or under the Affordable Care Act. 
it really changed health insurance for everybody in the United States. Uh, but we still have control over the rates. Uh, for example, if, if uh, Blue Cross or, or some other health insurer wants to raise rates, it ha- it, it's presented to, to my department. Well, you know, health care, of course, affects everyone, as does all of the insurance matters. Uh, and this is the reason it's so interesting to have you on the program, because everybody deals with insurance companies one way or the other. I mean, you've got to have car insurance right. to drive. Uh, you, if you own property, it's got to be insured, and then you get into all these other areas as well. But health care, of course, is, an, uh, is a major concern of a lot of people, and the cost just keeps rising. It's one of the biggest problems out there. It's a, it's a problem for business owners. It's a problem for individuals and families, and it's a problem for the state. We hear it a lot under the discussions under the state health plan and the discussion that's going on about Medicaid expansion and, and all that. But on things that we don't regulate, we, don't, we do not regulate federal flood insurance. So that, that's one thing. Sometimes people think we regulate that, but that's a federal program. You mentioned that the uh, insurance commission, the industrial commission, has been recently placed under, uh, under your auspices. Uh, exactly what does the industrial commission do, and how does that fit into what you do? The industrial commission regulates workers' compensation in North Carolina. It's an independent agency that, Primarily attorneys, uh, and there's six of those that serve six-year terms. This was created by the legislature, but those members are appointed by the governor. So workman's comp is basically another form of insurance. And it so it is. makes sense for it to be under you. Yes, yeah. it does. Now, at one time we had some uh, – didn't we have some overpayments or deficits in that area? Well, we, we had some issues in work, workers' comp. Going back years ago, yeah. and I, it's my understanding that the that the amount of fines over the years have substantially over the last four years have substantially increased over where they were. So, uh, even though I don't run the day to day operations of the industrial commission, uh, they they seem to be doing a good job in you know, going after those people that are that are not paying the premiums and so forth. Well, already in the news this week is uh, information about the fir- what may be the first hurricane that hits, and of course that's always a major concern. And, and as you said, uh, that's another complex issue because you do have federal flood insurance, uh, and of course uh, so much of the damage that is done from uh, hurricanes is not wind damage, it's uh, the, the resulting rain damage. Right, and we're still reeling from Hurricane Florence, yes. as you well know. And the one before that, and, and the Matt, one before Matthew, that. <laughs> right. And when Hurricane Florence came, uh, and I've never seen this, at one point or another, every single county, all 100 counties at one point was under an emergency weather warning. We ended up with at least 23 counties declared disaster areas. In our department, I was there every week. We went out to those counties. We set up insurance camps. We teamed up with FEMA. We teamed up with the charities like Salvation Army, Red Cross, Samaritan's Purse to help those people that did not have insurance. But we were there in these insurance camps every week to help people on the spot file claims, uh, 
and work through FEMA if they had federal flood insurance and that sort of thing. So the main thing that, that we learned was it's better to be prepared to know what you're going to do before that hurricane hits. And that's why we have on our website at ncdoi.com a section called NC Her Claims. Hurry Claims is H-U-R-R-I Claims, C-L-A-I-M-S. Dot com, And it tells people what to do before, during, and after a storm. Well, you know, uh, you mentioned fraud. Uh, every time you have a natural disaster, you have those who are going to come in and try to, to pull scams and things of this nature. And uh, I'm sure, that, again, that's an area where you work with multiple different agencies to, to try to solve it. But uh, basically, uh, the elderly usually get taken advantage of during those times with uh, – uh, yard workers and things of this nature. Right, and that's particularly true with uh, roofing contractors. Yeah. We see that a lot after every storm where these out-of-state people will go door-to-door and they'll just pull into somebody's driveway and say, uh, your neighbor had storm damage. You may have storm damage on your roof. Could we go up and check it? And unfortunately, there are some unscrupulous operators out there that will just go up and create the damage and come back and tell you they need to fix it and it won't cost you anything. They'll file it with your insurance company. So how do you go about uh, uh, prosecuting these people? We have a fraud control group, and the person that heads up that fraud control group is Marty Sumner, who was chief of police in High Point, North Carolina, for many years. And under the fraud control group, we have our criminal investigations division, bail bonds, regulatory division, We have attorneys that work as prosecutors, working with our district attorneys around the state. And we also have a special services review division, which looks at uh, the forensics, the the financial forensics and the computer forensics and that sort of thing. So if, for example, if we get a complaint, a criminal complaint in, somebody says we suspect fraud, our investigators will look at it, they'll gather the facts and investigate it, and it's, it's either going to be a criminal or civil, uh, generally. In some, if there's nothing there, you know, we let the people know there's nothing there, but if it's a criminal case, we actually go in, make the arrest, and pursue it through the court system. Well, it's, it's always a shame when that sort of thing happens and... and uh and, of course, people are uh, under duress uh, when they have damage to their house and they want it fixed, and here comes somebody saying, I can fix it, it's going to cost you this much, and in many cases they have nothing to compare it with. Well, that's right, and the thing I want people to know is that from the Department of Insurance, we're here to help. You know, my message is we're here to help, and whatever your question, if you just have a question, call us. We have a toll-free number. It's 855-408-1212. They're welcome to call my office directly. It's 919-807-6003, and we'll put them in touch with people that are there every day. We have consumer people that are on those phones Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, to help answer your questions. They may not know the answer right then, but they will find out if it's, a say, a claim and you're not you're not getting results on getting a claim settled in a timely manner. Let us know. We'll get involved and we'll help out. Sounds great. 
Well, Commissioner Mike Causley is our guest today. He is the insurance commissioner for the state of North Carolina, midway through his first term. And uh, we'll be back with more discussion about insurance and all the various ways that it affects us here in North Carolina right after these messages. I'm Howie Mandel. Did you know attention deficit hyperactivity disorder in adults is a real and treatable medical disorder? I know because I am one of the estimated 10 million adults in the U.S. who have ADHD. The symptoms of ADHD, inattention, hyperactivity, and impulsivity make it difficult to pay attention and focus, be organized, complete tasks, and maintain relationships. I've been diagnosed with ADHD. In my life, I've often misplaced things and have found it difficult to sit down and read a script for work or even have a conversation. You know, the kind when you're actually listening without interrupting. It's never too late for adults to seek help for ADHD and find the right treatment plan. Get information at adultadhdisreal.com and take an ADHD self-screener. Talk to your doctor. The right treatment plan can help control your symptoms so you can stay focused and organized, get things done at home and work, and help improve relationships. Visit adultadhdisreal.com to learn more about adult ADHD. Don't let ADHD prevent you from achieving your goals. I haven't. You've got your shades on, do you? So cool, so hip, so sheltered by frames of UV protection to show the world you are a force. But did you also know by wearing sunglasses, you're doing your eyes a favor? That's right. Sunglasses help avoid overexposure to the sun, which can produce red eyes, a feeling of grittiness, even excessive tearing. But you, oh master of the incognito, are taking care of your eyes without even knowing it. For more easy ways to keep keeping your eyes healthy, see your optometrist or visit AOA.org. We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Honorable uh, Mike Causey is our guest. He is the insurance commissioner for the state of North Carolina, two years into his first term, as we said before. And uh, we are uh, going to talk about all f- forms of insurance as we go through the program and also your role as fire marshal. What uh, what in- inspired you to... to uh, to apply for this job. You apply when you set yourself up for election. That, that's the same thing as applying. That's exactly right. And I I spent most of my career in the insurance industry. Prior to that, I was in the construction industry, in civil engineering, construction management. And the Department of Insurance, as I said earlier, regulates the construction in, in that uh, we oversee building inspections, engineering codes, and that sort of thing. And we regulate all types of insurance, whether it's automobile, life, accident, and health, property, casualty, with the exception of the federal flood insurance program. So I've always had an interest in this. And when I started many years ago in the insurance industry, I got involved at the local level in politics by helping other people run for office and have just always stayed involved with politics and ended up uh, being asked to run for office. So, And I tell people, be careful what you ask for because you you know, here, here I am. <laughs> you never right. know. Now, you're a native of Guilford County. Is that, is that That's where you live before you came in this? I, I live on the same farm where I grew up. I'm a fifth-generation farmer, and I still live in – Guilford County and the Alamance community of Guilford County right outside Greensboro. And uh, when I, my office is here in Raleigh, we have regional offices around the state, but I commute. Yeah, you bring up a, a case. I don't think we've ever talked about crop insurance, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, as I was talking to the Agriculture Commissioner not so long ago, I was uh, we were talking about uh, 
we were in a little period of drought, and he said something I, that I never had thought of. He said, drought's no problem. We can handle drought. We can bring in water. What we can't do is when we have too much water. Exactly. Yeah, he's right about that. We saw from Hurricane Florence, we, we saw whole crops get washed away with all that flooding. And there's you know, some crops that do have crop insurance, and there's other crops that that are not covered. So it, now, is that a federal program, or is that under you also? It is under a federal program. No. Well, it's, uh, you know, the farmer, <laughs> I, I've never seen a business quite like it because they, when they plant it, they have no idea if it's going to come up. They have no idea what the price is going to be when they sell it. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's one interesting business. It's a high-risk high risk business for sure. And uh, somehow or another, uh, I had one farmer tell me one time, he said, you know, you have one really good year about every four years, and the rest of them you just sort of endure. That's it. <laughs> no, when you were on the farm, what did you raise? We raised produce. We had, of course, some livestock, some cows and uh, uh, hogs and chickens, uh, small you know, small quantities, but we primarily, primarily raised uh, local produce for the farm market. Let's talk a little bit about homeowners insurance because this is something that almost everybody uh, in, in, uh, finds themselves engaged in conversation with their agent. What are the questions that a person should be concerned about uh, when they're dealing with their agent on homeowners insurance? What What are some of the things they need to think about? The biggest thing I can think of is make sure you have replacement coverage because if you have a, a fire or any other loss in your home, you want to make sure that your policy will recover the replacement. And if you don't have that, it's going to cost you a, a lot of money. So uh, talking about replacement insurance, there, there are a number of things that aren't covered, and they are covered by riders. Or the, uh, for example, a, a large jewelry collection is, is, has limits on a regular policy. Right. You want, to know, you want to get with your agent not only at the time you buy the policy, but at least every year or two to review that homeowner's policy to make sure you understand what is covered and what is not covered because sometimes you may have outbuildings and you have some equipment and valuables stored in those outbuildings unless that's unless you have a farm owner's policy or some sort of rider that states the outbuildings are covered, you may not be covered. And the same thing with antique collections, art collections, jewelry collections, and all of that. Unless you have separate riders, those things may not be covered. You may have $500,000 worth of jewelry and antiques, but in a regular homeowner's policy, it may be limited to $1,000 or some other amount. And so you want to make sure you know what's covered. Make sure you know what your deductibles are. Some people prefer to have a low deductible and pay a little higher premium. Other people want a lower premium with a much higher deductible. Now, uh, you, I'm watching the uh, and listening to commercials these days. There's a lot of a lot of the insurance companies that are underwriting car insurance that are suggesting also to bundle, put your auto insurance with the same company that ha- that handles your homeowner's policy, and, and vice versa, I guess. Is and that you, a good you idea? You see that a lot because some there's some companies that require that. There's some yep. companies that say, we have your homeowner's coverage, but your car insurance is with someone else, and we're not going to renew your homeowner's policy unless you give us your car insurance. 
So you have the different rules that different insurance companies have, but uh, I think it's a good idea to check with your agent and to shop around because there's there's quite a bit of difference in premiums among different companies. So uh, I guess you set maximum rates, but you don't set minimum rates. Well, there there is. The rate bureau does have a minimum rate. It's sort of like a window. The rate bureau has a minimum and a maximum. So a company could not give a give away insurance. No. They would have to they would have to be able to get enough in premium to make sure that that they're going to be financially solvent. Well, you know, that's one of the things that you hear from time to time when you see a court case and there's a huge insurance settlement and people say, well, the insurance company's got plenty of money. The interesting thing about that is they forget where they're getting the money. They're getting it from the other policy owners. That's right. You're you're all We're all contributing. When we pay that premium, we're paying somebody else's loss. I mean, it's not some magic pocket of money that somebody happens to have. The money comes from the the other policy owners. Exactly. That's what we say about fraud. You know, people don't realize that one out of every 10 insurance claims that are filed is a fraudulent claim. So when we're paying those premium dollars, uh, our actuaries say, close to 20 cents, 18 to 20 cents of every dollar we pay on any type of insurance is going to pay for insurance fraud. So if you don't get tough on fraud and go after that fraud and prosecute that fraud, then we're going to keep paying more and more for our insurance. So I guess, uh, you know, the the honest folks are the ones who suffer, uh, and and sometimes they – but I have heard that a number of times when there's a court case and there's a $2 million or $3 million settlement, uh, and they say, well, that's the insurance company. They've got plenty of money. That that we're all going to pay for. We're all going to pay for it. And, you know, there are some very creative crooks out there that come up with all sorts of new ways to – Beat the system. Well, and of course, you know, we're we're talking about uh, the bad guys. There's also an awful lot of very reputable insurance companies that do business the right way. We're Certainly. Not, we're not implying that insur- the insurance industry is at fault because uh, uh, there are many, many, I'm sure there's far more reputable companies in our era. You have some of the finest people in the world working for insurance companies and some of the finest companies in the country are insurance companies. And, you know, I spent a, a big part of my career with Metropolitan MetLife, uh, headquartered out of New York. And, you know, they're still in business today since, since 1868. So you also have a number of insurance companies that are now owned by foreign countries. And I, I, I was shocked when I became commissioner to learn that almost one-fourth of the insurance companies doing business in the United States are owned by foreign countries. Now, uh, to sell insurance in North Carolina, they have to come to you and be licensed. Correct. Yeah. Uh, how often do you review these companies to purge out those that maybe need to be purged? We're reviewing files daily. Yeah. Uh, we have different divisions. We have divisions that look at companies. We have divisions that look at agent agent licensing, and we issue over 680,000 different licenses a year. A lot of that is things like electrical contractors, building inspectors, bail bondsmen, surety bondsmen, but it's also insurance brokers, life accident and health and property casualty, different types of insurance. But we have financial examiners, 
We have examiners that go into insurance agencies and examine their books. We have examiners that go to the companies. And so we're looking closely every day at, at companies, and they come up on a regular basis. I want you to repeat those uh, numbers and the uh, website address while we've got just a few minutes in this segment. So if you need help, uh, if you've got any questions at all, you can, first of all, you can go to the website and find out a lot of information. And that URL is? That's ncdoi.com. It stands for North Carolina Department of Insurance. So I think even I can remember that. ncdoi.com. And, and the telephone number's right there on the website, but they, the toll-free number is 855-408-1212, or my direct line to my office, and, and Teresa will answer the phone. She'll get you to anywhere you need to go in the Department of Insurance, and that's 919-807-6003. Uh, how many calls a day do you get? We handled 275,000 calls last year from our consumer group. Uh, I can't tell you how many just regular calls we get, but there's a lot of calls. That's a lot of calls. That come in every day. That's a lot of calls. Well, our guest is Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey. We'll be back with another segment of Carolina Newsmakers right after these messages. Well, Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? Uh, What? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. When we get old, will you take care of me if I can't get around anymore? Of course. We'll find a way. Are you going to take care of me if I can't see anymore? I'll read to you every day. And if one of us gets Alzheimer's disease, what then? Call 1-800-437-2423 for a free booklet on caring for your loved ones from Alzheimer's Disease Research. 1-800-437-2423. Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Uh, we had an interesting <clears throat> conversation while we were on break about all the things we ought to be talking about. And I said, well, wait a minute. Let's just let's just talk about it with the listeners. But uh, risk management and uh, uh, handling the state's insurance are two big areas. So let's talk about those two areas. Well, under our Department of Insurance, we're in the risk management business. So we're charged with the responsibility of providing risk management to every building the state of North Carolina, the people own, which is over 13,000 buildings. Now, does that include county buildings and city buildings, or is that just state-owned? State, this is state-owned. Yeah. And the total 15,000-plus total properties, that's a big deal. And so we're working now with the legislature to try to get more 
inspectors because we don't have enough people now to go around and inspect to make sure they're properly covered for risk. But that's one of the things we've done. Uh, and under, under our building inspections, well, I'll mention this. Last year we worked with the legislature to get a bill passed because we were getting complaints from some of the building inspectors in different areas and some of the contractors that were saying we're having to wait a week and two weeks to get a building inspector to come out on this job site. It's holding up everything. Yep. It's costing us a lot of money. So we were fortunate to get legislation passed that required all of these building inspections jurisdictions. There's 220 building inspection jurisdictions to say you have three business days to, to get this inspection done. And that took place in June of last year, 2018. And in the first six months, we saved the people and the construction industry over $30 million just by that common sense legislation. And, of course, that saves the ultimate buyer because he's paying for that. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Now, one thing we did learn from Hurricane Florence on these state buildings, there's very few of our state buildings are covered for flood insurance. Out of the 13,000 state buildings, we had 77 that had flood coverage, and that was it. And it, unfortunately, it's about that bad with the homeowners. Uh, you know, we've got 10.5 million people living in North Carolina, several million homeowners, less than 135,000 homeowners in North Carolina have flood insurance under the federal flood insurance program. So what that means, if we ha if they're damaged for any kind of flood, they're not covered. And most of the damage in hurricanes is water. That is damage. true. Yeah. But people always worry about the wind speed and all that. The biggest problem is always water. Water's the problem. Yeah. Now, in that regard, is anybody doing anything about, because a lot of the flooding happened because uh, of the rain inland, and we just couldn't handle it. Is anybody working, and I know this is not necessarily your area, but is anybody working on being sure the water gets distributed a little quicker to eliminate maybe some of the flood damage, uh, say in areas like Kinston and Goldsboro in these areas? You know, uh, prior to being elected insurance commissioner, I worked with the Department of Transportation for about four years in the roadside environmental unit uh, under the Adopt-A-Highway program. So we were working with Wildflower program, roadsides. And this is just my personal observation. I don't think we've had uh, side ditches cleaned out in 30 or 40 years in North Carolina. We've, and we've got rivers and streams that haven't been dredged in decades or maybe forever in some cases. And so you have creeks, rivers, and streams that are clogged up. You have side ditches that are clogged up. And there's just nowhere for a lot of this water to run. And then you have all the urban development like's happening in Wake and surrounding counties with all the concrete. And the water has to go somewhere. somewhere. Yep. So that is creating a tremendous problem downstream and I think is something that needs to be addressed. Well, we always uh, laugh and talk about how flat eastern North Carolina is, but when there's a two or three feet a foot difference uh, in some areas, what you create is a lake. Exactly, uh, yes. And, and it, 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 it won't drain. I mean, you know, it's just there. Uh, you see it all the time yeah. if you go – 
drive through as, as I have through eastern North Carolina in the fields after a heavy rain, you'll see those little pools out yeah. in the field just standing. Water. And the uh, only way for it to go is down. Of course, as dry as it is this week, we need a little rain. Well, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, we never we uh, you know we never can be satisfied with rain. It's either too much or too it, little. Rarely is it just right. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about your role as fire marshal. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting about uh, uh, that role is not only do you work with city and county fire units that are paid professionals, but you deal with an awful lot of wonderful people who are called volunteer firemen. It, that's right, and, and I want to give a shout-out to all of our volunteer firefighters and all of our first responders, uh, EMS, law enforcement, everybody that's out there on the front lines. But I make it a point every week to get out in the counties and visit different fire departments, uh, primarily volunteer fire departments. This week we were down at Sharpsburg, and uh, that's a town that actually covers three counties. It's Wilson, Nash, Edgecombe. And I talked to a former fire chief, and he said, I have – breakfast every morning in three different counties because the restaurant's right there in the corner of those three counties. And by going out and meeting with these firefighters and talking with the emergency management folks, you get to know and understand the problems locally, and you find out that the local problems are pretty common all across North Carolina and the nation. And we still have 70% of our firefighters that are volunteers. Now, you need to think about this. These are volunteers. They are donating their time. And we do have paid firefighters. For example, we have firefighters in the city of Raleigh and the city of Greensboro that also serve as volunteer firefighters for some of the outlying fire departments. But all in North Carolina and all across the nation, 90% of our fire departments depend on volunteers to operate. Now, if we had to pay all these people, it would be an incredible burden. You wouldn't have enough money because we have counties, and there's there's not that many counties in North Carolina left that are totally volunteer, but we still have some counties that have all volunteer fire departments in those counties. And if that county had to pay it would be millions of dollars per fire department that, that it would cost the, the taxpayers. So, well, you know, the other thing I think deserves a lot of recognition here is not only are they not paid and not uh, their time is involved, but they're, they're in hazardous work. I mean, they're, they're putting the life on the They line. are putting their life on the lines every day. We see it. Uh, we Tragically, every year we have uh, firefighters, Many times the volunteer firefighters are killed in the line of duty. And people don't realize the, the risk, the exposure. There's risk. There's more cancer risk uh, to, to some of these different chemicals, and sometimes they're, they're uniforms. And, so, and the stress and the hardships that it places on their families. I'll give you an example. I was up in the mountains a few weeks back, we were having a luncheon with some of the firefighters, and they just ordered their food, and no food had been served yet. We had we had water, and a couple of iced teas had been delivered, but the fire call went off, and those firefighters had to jump up and leave. They never got to take the first bite of food, 
And I say, how many times have we seen that where our police officers, state troopers, or firefighters have, have placed that order at a restaurant and they had to make that call, the EMT folks, and they never get that first bite of food. And I, the, the fire chief sort of joked with me. He said, we get a lot of calls in the summertime, so we lose a little weight. We don't get to eat that much. So we all take that for granted. We go out to eat with our family. We order food. We expect to get that food and eat it and have a leisurely meal. But these uh, first responders don't have that luxury. Are, are they supplying all their manpower needs? Do we have plenty of volunteer firemen, or is that getting to be a problem? It's a problem, just like it's a problem in most of our civic organizations. Uh, you, I don't care if it's the Lions Club, Civitans, uh, Kiwanis, or even a Rotary Club. They're all struggling for members, but almost every fire department in North Carolina is struggling to recruit and retain volunteers. So we're working diligently, uh, particularly with our schools. Uh, the best programs we have is in our high schools where these some of the high schools have junior firefighter programs or fire safety academies, things like that. Now these are helping turn things around because these programs are getting students interested sometimes at an early age like elementary and middle school that see these programs and want to join those when they get to high school and i'll tell you if you don't get to these young children at an early age if you can't wait till they're 16 you know, by that time they're thinking about cars and other things and uh, it's hard to recruit them well, it, 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 the uh, the amount of hours they spend is just incredible in what they do. You know, one of the other interesting things about the rural volunteer fire departments is a lot of times the whole community is built around the, the volunteer fire department. That's the center of their community. That's what I've always said. We're, I grew up in uh, rural North Carolina where I still live, and our fire departments, Alamance Fire Department, is the center of that community, and that's true with every community you, know, you always say the church and the fire department is, is where everything centers around. So, you know, we all owe a debt of gratitude to our volunteer firefighters, to all firefighters, and, and to those volunteer fire departments, and we need to do everything we can to support them. We do have a matching grant program. Uh, we're, we're working hard with the legislature and I would encourage people to contact their legislators and tell them that you support the matching grant program. We need to expand that matching grant program because last year we had over 200 volunteer fire departments that were very needy fire departments that couldn't get any matching grant money because there wasn't enough to go around. We gave away almost $9 million in matching grants, but we had requests for about $13 million. Commissioner Mike Causey is our guest. He's the Insurance Commissioner of North Carolina. We'll be back with one final segment right after these messages. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05... I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty and 
sadly in 09. It was sparks from me. Your handy chains. Dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. I'm not staying home tonight. I'm at school all day. If they want me to do the work, give it to me while I'm at school. This guy has me coming to work 10 hours a day. So what if I didn't finish school? That doesn't mean he can work me like a dog. Hey, man, I need a few bucks. My car's busted and I need some cash. Hello? Hello? Every decision you make has a benefit or consequence. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the United States Air Force. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey is our guest, and uh, we've talked about all sorts of things. If you have missed this uh, early part of the broadcast, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear the entire broadcast again, or if you happen to be listening to one of the stations that carries only the 30-minute version of the program, the two segments that you missed are also isolated there, and you can listen to those. And, of course, insurance covers so many things, and we all have involvements. And, of course, as we've also talked about, the insurance commissioner is also um, uh, working with uh, fire, uh, fire. He's the fire marshal of the state of North Carolina by virtue of his job as well. Uh, you, you brought up something uh, while we were off, uh, Mike, a few minutes ago about lost life insurance and you've got a new program there and it's what is it uncovered 35 billion dollars it's one of the best programs that that i've seen if somebody dies say your family member passes away you're not sure if that person has life insurance or not well all you need to do is contact the department of insurance and give us the person's full name their address if you know the social security number date of birth any of that pertinent information what we'll do is run a national database search and if they ever had life insurance or maybe an old paid up policy from 50 years ago it'll show up and as you said last year in 2018 we located over 35 million dollars for people that didn't even know they had coverage this year that's in north carolina that's just here in north carolina now this year, I believe we're going to far exceed what we did last year. The first month in January, we exceeded five million dollars. That's and that's just uh, that's a, a gift. I mean, it's just an absolute. Well, gift. it's also a, a boom to the North Carolina economy yes. because when you take thirty-five million dollars that people didn't know they had, and all of a sudden people are able to spend another thirty-five million dollars yeah. on paying bills or whatever, that's a tremendous help. Now, the General Assembly is in session. Uh, we haven't talked about legislation. You mentioned a couple of causes during the broadcast. What are the th- concerns that you have that are pending uh, legislation, or what legislation is uh, up for consideration well, that affects insurance? We have quite a few bills, and, and there again, I urge the legislators to support what we send. When we send something over to the legislature, it's been vetted and, and well thought through, it's been looked at by actuaries and so forth, but one that we support through the independent insurance agents was the hands-free NC bill, and that 
nine, over 90% of the public support that bill, and this would give our law enforcement more tools to enforce the no texting while driving law. And all the hands-free bill says that if you're driving on the highway, you cannot be holding that cell phone in your hand. Georgia passed the law. When they passed the law in the first year, their accident, their, their uh, fatal accident rate dropped 16%. Their insurance rates also dropped. Another bill that we have is a rate-making bill, and we're getting, for some reason, we get some resistance from some of the legislators but I'll tell you, uh, insurance rates are going to go up. Automobile rates are going to go up. We've sent this rate-making bill over to make the inexperienced driver years longer. And if, you, if you're a, what I'd classify as a, a bad driver or somebody that passes a stop school bus, you get four points, you're multiple DUIs, something like that. Those points would, under this bill, would stay more years on your record. Now, if the legislature will pass this bill, that'll help us hold down the rates. If this bill doesn't pass, the rates will go up because uh, there's just so many claims coming in. Well, as we said earlier, the insurance companies don't have a pot of money that doesn't come from the policy buyers. It's the buyers that fund the insurance companies. We're all paying for it. Yes. Now, you also mentioned uh, grants for fire departments. We just mentioned that a few minutes ago. But for volunteer fire departments that need help, uh, there wasn't enough grant money last year to supply all their needs. Yeah, and there again, we had another bill where we were trying to, to raise the amount of grant money by increasing it's a, it's a small fee on the premium tax dollars for insurance. I don't want to get too complicated, but it would just raise that just a tiny bit to give us more funding to help these fire departments. And uh, that met with some opposition from some of the legislative leadership. So, you know, we need that help for these fire departments. Yeah, I want you to repeat one fact that uh, we said earlier in the program. I just thought it was just really interesting that I think you said 70% of all firemen are volunteers. That is right. That's incredible. I mean, you know, if we don't have 70% of the police or sheriff's departments that are volunteers, and that's and, incredible. And there's some, as I said, some counties in North Carolina, every firefighter in that county is a volunteer yeah, firefighter. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's just really a, a, a staggering bit of information that I, I was unaware that was anywhere close to that. I knew it was uh, – a very valuable service being provided by these folks, but I didn't realize it was quite well, that it's, many. It's dropping. It, it's, it'll probably come down to the high 60s uh, this year, 68, 69. It's harder and harder to recruit these volunteers. It's harder and harder to retain these volunteers. So you see some of the volunteers having to go to paid staff no. to, just to keep their doors open. Well, that's a, that's a good time to remind folks, if you happen to live in a rural area or an area supplied by a volunteer fire department and you've got any interest in it, why don't you stop in and volunteer? That's a good Thank thing you. to do. That's a, that's a great thing to do. Um, any other legislation that uh, you feel like will affect uh, the insurance industry or the building industry because you also can work in that area? Well, two things. One is we have a fraud bill of, of to to really 
take our state statutes on fraud and make them more comprehensive. This is a model bill from the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. And uh, since I've been commissioner, I have, we've doubled the number of law enforcement officers under the Department of Insurance. We, but we're still way behind where we need to be. We get over 5,000 criminal complaints a year on insurance fraud. We have 40 sworn law enforcement officers to cover 100 counties, 10.5 million population. So we need additional help with our firefighters. But what this fraud bill will do is help clarify our state statutes and it will help hold down insurance costs. So I'm urging our legislators to pass that. And the other thing is we're asking for 11 state inspectors to help us inspect. And the funding, we're self-funded. So all the money, when we ask the legislature for money, they get that money back plus 6% interest because we bring in over $700 million a year in revenue to the general fund. So we will fund it through our fire insurance fund. We're asking the legislators for 11 positions for these state inspectors. And, and uh, we also have a program called Smart NC where if somebody's got a program, a problem with a hospital or doctor, call us, we'll help you solve that. We're all out of time. You're almost perfect. You've given me just enough time to thank Insurance Commissioner Mike Causey for being our guest. And if you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and listen to the entire broadcast or share it with a friend. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he'll have another guest for us again next week on the same group of stations. Have a nice week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.